0: I want to, so all week, I've kind of been following this. And if, it, if, if you don't know what's going on in this video, that, that is at uh, Asbury College in um, Kentucky. And uh, about 11 days ago, the, they, have, they have chapel every Wednesday. And like most Christian colleges, they have a, a chapel. And most Christian colleges, the way it works is you don't have to go every week, but you have to go to a certain amount of chapels every year. It's, it's kind of like a class. Um, and so, uh, so they have chapel, they bring in different speakers, and, and typically the students lead worship. And, and I hate to say it this way, but you, know, you just go through the motion, right? Like, oh, I got to go to chapel. And last, not, not this Wednesday, so not four days ago, but the Wednesday prior to that, they had this chapel, and, and, and a speaker came in and spoke, and it wraps up, and everybody starts to leave, but there are some students that they're just like we're 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 not done, okay? We're 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 not finished here. We we, we want to sit and we want to we want to linger a little bit, and so they just stay and they 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 keep praying, and they're praying and they're praying and they're praying and they and they never leave. <laughs> And pretty soon, like, more people start coming back to chapel and start praying, and, and, you know, worship teams start to come back, and they start leading worship again. And, and it, all student-led, like, the, the, the administration, like, kind of stayed out of it, and, and it just built throughout the day. And, and you almost think, like, okay, at some point, this, this stops. At some point, you know, somebody goes, okay, bye, y'all. And everybody leaves. But it just kept going and they get to the night and, and it just keeps going and more people are coming and more people are finding out, you know, and, and in this day of digital age, you know, somebody or ticks their phone out and just, you know, does a simple uh, reel or, or, or post to Instagram or TikTok and just says, wow, look at the move of God or something and it just starts to snowball. People go, wow, chapel's been over for like 10 hours. What are they still, and so I gotta go check this out. The curiosity would draw people, and, and, and all of a sudden, the, the chapel is once again full. Now, I have no clue how many people can sit in that chapel. It looks fairly big. I'd say maybe 800, maybe 1,000, um, because there's an upper deck that goes around as well. And, uh, and, and you think, okay, at some point, they get tired. Two, three in the morning, it just keeps going. Five in the morning, it's still going. We're now 11 days in. They've been doing this for 24 7. I want you to take a picture, take a look at a, a couple of pictures. This is, this is days after. This is in the middle of the day, okay? Kids are going to classes. People are coming in and out. They're, they're, this is in the middle of the day, a couple days in. This is filled to the brim. And, and if you notice, there's, there's not many people on stage. I think there's like four people on stage. There's like two singers, a guitar player, a piano player, and a cajon player. Now go, this is the line to get in. Just just sit there for a minute. They are waiting up to six to eight hours to get into the building. I I saw a recent picture, just keep that up because that just amazes me. I saw a recent picture uh, this morning where that grass is, is now completely full of people. They've now brought speakers out there so that people can at least be there while they wait to get in they can still be there 11 days no nobody sent out flyers hey we're having a revival hey we got a really cool speaker Hey, we've got, we got this really great worship leader. No, matter of fact, if you watch it, and you can watch it live on YouTube, um, just type in Asbury Revival Live. Um, and I've, I've been watching it on and off throughout the week. Uh, matter of fact, listen, you may not get the same presence as, as listen, always to be in the room is always the best. I'm, I, that's how I feel about church and everything else. But I, like it was Thursday night. We just came home from youth. Everybody went to bed, and I was laying on the couch, and I just had, um, I just had my phone out. And I just laid it on my chest and was laying on the couch and just listening to it. Packed house. It's like 11 o'clock at night and just listening to it. And, and just a peace, like the peace that that overwhelmed me. I mean, just I'm, I literally was just listening to it as I was dozing off on the couch because it was just that peaceful. And it's just amazing. There is no, no, no organization. I mean, it's just. Just there's like a couple of like students that are like kind of like overseeing, like making sure like, hey, you know, th- this band's done. They're good. And you just see them, a couple of people walk on stage and then a couple people walk off and it's, you know, there's it's seamless. Now, I'm not knocking any denomination. That's I want you to hear that straight forth. But here's how you, I know that it's really is like it's a Methodist college. And, 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 and listen, if you if you come from a Methodist background, I'm not knocking. I'm not saying anything negative in that sense. Listen, organs and, and hymns, and that's what they're used to. And if you listen to them, they're doing everything from hymns to elevation to hillsong to, I mean, if, if it's a worship song written about Jesus, they have probably done it over the last 11 days. Different, and, and, and just, I mean, they've, I, listen, songs that I haven't heard in like five, six years, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that song. They were singing, the. if you've been at church in any amount of time, especially late 90s, early 2000s, you know, Amazing love, how can it be? Man, I was just like, I heard that song, I'm like, oh, take me back. I loved it. It was just, I was just, I was, I was like, and then they would go from that and then they'd go into like some Elevation song without even like blinking an eye, like right into a chorus of it. I'm like, wait, wait, what, what happened? They just, and just watching people worship. Watching people at the altar pray for one another. And so all week I've been stirred about what is revival? Because, you know, the church world obviously has to argue about stuff like this. And they do. And it's happening about Asbury. You know, is it really a revival? Is it really a move of God? It doesn't have this. Don't count out that. Oh, it doesn't have this. And and, and it it just cracks me up because I'm like, why are we so concerned about trying to label and title things, or say it is or isn't something just because somebody isn't there, or too many people are there, or this. Like I, I, I read one that said, um, you know, just because there isn't, uh, it's a, it's, it's a true move of God because there's no big name people there. Well, the reality is there are. They just don't know it because they're sitting in the back because they're wanting Jesus too. Carrie Job was there. She rolled up into that place. She was like, she put on her, on her reel. She goes, I had to go. She got in her, her car and drove there. And probably waited in line like everybody else to get in the building, and and probably didn't say anybody say like, "Hey, I'm Carrie Job. I'm a world-renowned worship leader. Can I say, No, she just like, "I just want to come and I just want to be." Other leaders have been there. I've, uh, other pastors um, have have been there to to just experience it. Trust me, <laughs> I will tell you this: if I didn't had to go to work Friday, I'd have been in a car. <laughs> I promise you that like I, I told my daughter, I said, I said, it's only 10 hours away. If I left now, I could be there at 7 a.m. You know, listen, listen, if, if there wasn't if there wasn't a job on the line that was like, hey, if you don't come in, you're fired type thing. I'd have been there. I would have. Um, and listen, and let me say this. It's not because that's the only place God is moving. And I think that's the fear when we look at revivals. Well, God's there. So so we flock there like, you know, a pilgrimage. And, and and listen, I ain't gonna lie, it would be great, and I do believe that God is moving, and I do believe that it is, it is a genuine revival. But what does that even mean? And that's what I've sat with over the last few days as I've thought about this. The question really is less what is revival and more how do we see revival? But, but really the bigger question is are you willing to, to pursue? Are you hungry for his presence? And how much time are you personally willing to sacrifice in prayer and worship? See, what makes it special is that there, people are going, I- 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 I'm willing to-, to sit, I'm willing to stand outside like I'm going to see the Super Bowl in a line that probably is longer to get in there than to get into the Super Bowl. Not because there's something special about that place, but because there is a hunger that is real and powerful, and magne- uh, the magnitude of that hunger is there. I think why we, the reason why we don't see revival in, in the core sense is because we don't have enough hunger Amongst enough people for anything to be sustainable in most local churches. Now, I want to make sure there's a caveat here. I believe, like our worship service this morning, I believe God was moving. I believe God was here. The difference is, is that we can have moments with God and we can have moments with Jesus in a normal church setting and we can go, man, God really encouraged me, God really equipped me, God really challenged me. And, and then the purpose of that is to then go out and to live it out in our everyday life. And, and the thing about true revival is that it does the same thing that a church service does, but just on a elevated level because of the hunger that is in the room together right? You know, let's, uh, I I think of it like sports. It's, you know, if I'm at my house and I'm cheering on my team, whether it's for football or baseball or anything in between, um, if it's just me, there's a, there's an elevated level of excitement. There's, but, but it's just me. When you get in the room with 85,000 other fans, oh, it's a different story. We lived up in Washington State. I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, um, and so uh, and it was during the times when King Griffey and 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 the and Jay Buhner and the Martinez cousins, and oh, it was great. We were always on the cusp of of the World Series, and we never got there. And we were at a, a game on the third level of the Kingdom, uh, and Edgar Martinez adjusted a home run, and everybody's going nuts, and we're stomping. I mean, literally, the stadium is shaking, and then it kept shaking lo and behold there was an earthquake (laughs) and and the knuckleheads behind us I remember them saying nothing much we could do about it just an earthquake I'm like yeah we can get off the third level of the kingdom but isn't it interesting that an earthquake was happening and we couldn't tell the difference between the the cheer of the crowd and the shaking of the earth (laughs) see there's a difference when you're in the room there's a difference when, you're, when, when, when the hunger says, I'm so passionate for God. And then I attach my heart with somebody who also is like, man, I'm so desperate for God. And then all of a sudden the, the, there's that, that, that flame that, you know what? I'm and, and the room starts to shift. The room starts to change. And what happens is, and we're seeing it now, and here's, here's where I want to be careful because I'm not knocking it. But we choose to emulate instead of asking God for a real, genuine, authentic move of God. Well, God, if you're doing it there, then we'll just, we'll just whatever they're doing, we'll do in the same room. God's not cookie cutter. So what he's doing in Asbury is special to Asbury, but it doesn't mean that that's necessarily how he's going to do it in Camden. And, and, and there are other colleges that, they're, you know, and, and this is where i got to be careful because I will tend to kind of lean towards a little bit more of a... Um, I don't know the right word because it's not that I'm questioning it, but I, 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 I question motives a lot of why does the church or why are we doing these things? And so all these other colleges are starting to do it. Like, and and, and um, I saw one college, I'm not going to call them out, but they uh, somebody posted a picture and said, worship's been happening for seven hours in the room. And the only people that were in the room was the worship team. That's not revival. That's worship practice. Our job is not to try to emulate what's happening somewhere else when the move of God is happening there. Our job is to say, God, I want the authentic touch of you. And that may look completely different here than it does in Asbury. And you know what? God may open the doors and say, I want to do that here. I want people to be hungry. But I'm just going to be honest. Most of us, we can't do 11 days straight unless the move of God happens and magically bills are paid. Because it's not happening there. The same people aren't there for 11 straight days. They're coming and going. They're coming and going. They're coming and going. Now, some people, college kids, are probably there a lot more. It's their college. They should be there more. There are people all from the different nations and different places in America, literally getting in the car and driving to Asbury to spend the day and then go home. I had a, a, a friend of ours that me and Stephanie, um, him and, and this guy and his wife, we were in the same marriage retreat uh, together. They live in Houston. They run an organization called Core Love. And he posted on his Facebook and he said, he said, um, me and my wife just got back from Asbury. And I loved his statement. It was, there was a genuine move and I want to bring it back to Houston. See, it wasn't about there's a genuine move and I want to I just want to collect my little feelings and feel good about it. And woo, he said, I want to take that authenticity and I want to take that same passion. and I want to bring it into my everyday life. Are we hungry? What caused Asbury? Normal young people hungry for God, not satisfied with how to get a hold of him. Something inside of them said, I'm too restless just to walk out of the place without contending for the move of God. Lee Robertson says this, let us return to the basic things of the world or the word of God and prayer and soul winning and revival. Let us pray, oh God, send a revival and let it begin in me. The definition of revival is this renewed attention to or interest in something, an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. So a revival is literally the heart of somebody saying, revive this, revive me. Revive this scenario. Revive whatever that is. You, know, you ever hear that? Oh, there's a revival of this play because it hasn't been around for a long time and all of a sudden it comes back. So when we, when we say revival, it's saying, God, you have done something in me and in my life at one point. And I'm not trying to go back to get what was, but I'm asking you to stoke that fire in me so that something new can stir up in my bones. I'm not satisfied. Anybody ever ate a meal and you're just like, I, That's, eh, eh. Like, it probably gave me nourishment. I know I ate something, but I wasn't satisfied. And you know those meals where, we, where you've eaten and you're like unbuttoning the top button because you were that satisfied, like, Oh, just me? Okay. You know, listen, I, I don't get to do it a lot, but at least once a year or once every couple of years, I like to take Stephanie to a nice steakhouse. And, we, and listen, we've been blessed in our life to be able to go to some really nice ones. In San Francisco, there was one that, I mean, and listen, it's like save up money type ones, you know, where you know, like, you're not walking out of there without a $200 bill, like save up type of nice one. Don't bring the kids because you can't afford them nice one. Okay, um, but there's a difference between the at like listen when somebody goes oh I'm gonna go to Applebee's and have a steak. Ugh. Listen, it you know you ate one but you weren't satisfied. Like I can still taste the steak at the San Francisco Steakhouse with the caramelized carrots that taste like sweet candy. Okay. Some of you are like, you don't like carrots? No, listen, I promise you, you haven't had these carrots. They were, they were to die. Like, listen, I could have closed my eyes and thought I was eating dessert. Or in Dallas, if, you, if obviously most of us can't get to San Francisco, go to Dallas and go to Papado's Steakhouse, or Papa's Steakhouse. It's part of the Papa's uh, group. But Papa's Steakhouse, which is whew, mouth-watering, okay? Satisfied. Poor, but satisfied. But isn't that the thing listen listen catch, catch me here here's the thing about revival it cost us something you want something nice it's going to cost you something right I, I sit down at a good meal I know that I've got to pay somebody what it's worth to be satisfied problem is we want to cheapen Christianity just to just to know that we've been in the room just to just to, I've been to church but I there's a part of us that, that we, we contend that I want to be satisfied in his presence. I want to be overwhelmed in his presence. I want to be renewed. I want something to, to be recreated in me. And it, and it took me to the scripture in Psalms 51, 5110. It says this, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. And then from there, I I was drawn to a scripture in Psalms 42, one through 10 that says this, and many of you probably have heard this before because it was um, an older worship song. uh, And it says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? I just have a couple of thoughts, and and I'm not going to keep us here too much longer. I promise. Because I don't want to just talk about revival. I want to encourage you what that might look like. But I had this thought about revival, and that is this, is revival stirs from within and pushes out. Revival stirs from within and pushes out. Listen, and I'm not knocking any church, so I don't want y'all to think I'm hating on, on, on titling things or whatever, whatever, but, but listen, just because a church calls a revival meeting or says they're having revival this week, it don't mean they're having revival. It just means they're having church, and they brought in a guest speaker and maybe a guest worship team. Because we can't dictate revival. I can't tell God, hey, we're gonna have revival. You better show up. Only God gets to dictate the, the, the ways and how he will show up, and it is up to us. The only, our only job is to be hungry. Our only job is to show up and say, God, I don't want to just continue to do life the way it will. Stir in me, create in me a clean heart. God, renew my spirit to look like yours. True revival is not scheduled, and it cannot be planned, and it doesn't need the cultural things of the church. This is one of the knocks that I've, that I've heard on Asbury is, is that they go, well, you know it's revival because there's no stage lighting and fog machines. And I'm like, well, hold up. I feel attacked. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. I don't need any of this to worship God. I don't. God's presence can show up in the middle of the day with a kazoo if he wants to. He don't need me. He wants me. He wants my heart to hunger after him. He wants my soul to be stern for him. The, the lights don't cause revival. They don't bring anything to the table other than I do believe that for, for me, the way that I see church and in our culture, it creates a barrier and a blockage of what other people think because it's dark and you're able to worship Jesus. That's the only thing. In heaven, I don't think there's going to be stage lighting and fog machines. I could be wrong. It'd be really cool. Maybe there's like a, a modern mansion where Jesus says, "If you want to worship with Hillsong, go over here." Woo woo. Um, and and so cool. But I could be wrong, right? Because here's the thing: none of that matters. Well, the, you know, you know it's revival because there wasn't a big speaker. Ah, does it really matter who's speaking? No, it could be, listen, if it's a move of God, I don't care if it's like the, the college student that's taking Theology 101 and can barely speak or you know, the latest, greatest speaker, Rich Wilkerson or, or uh, any of them to, to bring the word of God. God's gonna use people. And it can be somebody who's really powerful speaking. Listen, we look at revival history Many great men and women who would have been known as popular speakers and pastors back in those days were the ones leading them. The second great awakening in America was led by Charles Finney, who is a world-renowned preacher, and over hundreds of thousands of people have come to know Christ for him. So we're saying that true revival didn't happen when he spoke? I doubt it. History would say otherwise. The reality is, is that we're too nitpicky about what it means for God to move. Here's the thing. God will move when people are hungry. And it comes from within, and pushes out, not out and pushes in. If I called a worship night and 20 people showed up, or if I called a worship night and 500 people showed up, the question is, I don't care how many people show up, does God show up? Some of our greatest moments have been on, on Wednesday nights, on our first Wednesdays, when there's 10 people in the room. Because those 10 people are saying, I'm hungry enough to sacrifice my schedule for God. I'm hungry enough for God to stir in me and create in me a clean heart and to stir and, and, and renew a steadfast spirit inside of me. God, I pant for you like the deer at the water. It's people desperate for God, repentive of their sin and passionate about his purpose. If you really want to know what revival is, it's people going, I'm not good enough to be in the presence of God. Clean me so that I can be there. Most revivals start from a repentance. I'm a sinner, God. Clean me. I'm a mess-up, God. I struggle with this, and I want to be so close to you, but I know that I've got to repent of my sin. And we don't talk about repentance enough in church because it becomes a churchy world. Repentance is literally going to the cross and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Help me to turn from them. Repentance has to be 180. Okay, not three sixty because you know, if if repentance, if God, I'm sorry for my sin, I'm right back here. Repentance is a 180 turn from the things that you are asking God to cleanse you from and take away. God, here is my sin. I'm so sorry that I've ruined this portion of my life. God, I'm so sorry that I brought this upon you. God, I'm so sorry that my heart is heavy and that I'm a mess up. God, I know without you I'm nothing, and his word overcomes me and gives me joy and peace over my sin, and he forgives you. Bible says that your sins are thrown as far as the east is from the west, not to ever be uh, remembered by him. I think the biggest part of sin is that we are to remember our sins. It's the the load that we have to carry, and it's the the load that the enemy likes to use. Ah, yeah, 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 God didn't really forgive you, because we know our sins, but God says, "I, I forgot them. As far as the East when I bring them to the cross, it says repentance is this: is to turn my back from the sin that I am sorry for, and to walk in a different way. True revival starts with people that are just saying, "God, I'm hungry for you, and I know that I'm messed up. I need you to forgive me. Soul, my soul longs after you. How many have ever been like? Maybe you have to go back to your childhood or your teenager, your early twenty years, if depending on your age. You you remember being so worn out and and hot and exhausted and even the water hose tasted good right like hopefully you weren't so thirsty that you got that first hit that 180 degree hit you know what i'm talking about <laughs> but you let it you know if you're smart you you let let it go for a minute But even that felt like it was purified spring water when your your body was so thirsty. You just sit there. Sound like a dog. But it felt, oh, it it refreshed you. And then you pour it over you to cool you down. And This is the idea that I have when it comes to being so thirsty thirsty for God is God. I want to saturate myself in your presence for your purpose and in your ways. Create in me a statement of humility. It says, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it by myself. It's going to take the effort off of me and onto God. Stir in me, create in me. That's where revival starts. The other thing, and Michael talked about this last week, revival starts from a remnant. A remnant is literally the leftovers, right? It's, it's the people that are, that are left over when something happens. And God took me to Isaiah 37, 32, and it says this, For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem. A group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The remnant is the leftovers, the troublemakers, the unashamed. They are singularly focused together to chase God. You know, revival typically starts with a remnant. If you look at church history and you look at the revivals that happened, whether it was the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the Third Great Awakening, Azusa Street, um, any of these revivals, uh, you could go all the way back into to the Euro- European times. Most of these true revivals started with some people that were so passionate. They just collected each other. They started praying. Azusa Street started from a, a guy so passionate that he, he was so hungry for God that he would pray for seven hours at a time. Seven hours at a time. Said that sometimes to tune out the world and and all the distractions, he would put his head in a shoebox and pray. Willing to look foolish to block the distractions of the world because he was so hungry for God. I've told you about one of my my favorite authors and pastors and and leaders, A.W. Tozer. He would lay down for hours and just talk with God. I don't need to be in the in crowd. I don't need the the, uh, the innermost parts. I just want God. These people are willing to sacrifice all for God's glory. Like, you're never gonna get up to heaven. Like, we get one thing straight. You will never get up to heaven and go, man, I wish I had more time watching Netflix. (laughs) I was one episode away from, like, setting a record. You're never gonna get up to heaven and go, man you know, I wish I would have played more softball with the guys. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But we're not going to get up to heaven and look back on our life and go, man, you know, I I wish, I wish I would have spent less time with my family. I I wish I would have spent more time by myself. I hate to break it to you, and some of you may want to argue with me with this, but we're not going to get up to heaven and think that. But what I don't want, it's just to get up to heaven and go, I could have done more. I could have done more for God. I could have pressed in more. Now, this doesn't become, mean become monks and hermits and, and you know we only sleep and pray, sleep and pray. No, no, no. Listen, once again, that's why we have to get out of this idea that there's this cookie cutter idea of what it means to follow and chase after God's heart and what revival looks like. And we're so, we're so good at it. It's what we want. We want somebody to tell me, how do I pursue God? I cannot give you your way of pursuing God. Here's what I can tell you. Is that with? Uh, and I'll go back to the Lee Robertson quote that I started with because it's he simply says, "Let us return to the basic things: Word of God, prayer, soul winning, revival. The basic like, listen. If you have that combination, getting in God's Word, spending time in prayer, sharing your faith, you're going to see revival. Because revival follows the hungry." Revival follows those that are willing to say, I am willing to look like nobody else to see the kingdom come. Because when we get up to heaven, you're not going to go, yeah, that was popular. Okay, nobody's walking into heaven singing wicked. Popular. Nobody. Okay? Paul said, he said, listen, if anybody was going to be popular, it would be me. I'm, I'm the best of the best. And he said, but yet I count all of that as nothing towards the cause of Christ. Revival happens when we get outside of ourselves, when we say, there's a world around me that needs to know Jesus in a genuine, authentic way, and I don't need to bust the doors down to tell them about it. I just need to be real and authentic, and relationship happens. It's what happened. Morgan wasn't here last week, and yet friends of hers showed up. Why? Because obviously at some point, uh, she mentioned, hey, I go to church. The authenticity of just, I go, would you like to join me? And they start to see God's move in your life, and they're like, there's something different. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, I'm, I'm hungry for something that's real and authentic. The last thing about today, and, and today's focus was really about inward. Because revival, listen, we cannot ask for revival if it's not in us first. God, move in this church. No, 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 move in my people. I don't want a revival at Freedom Church if it's not authentic in our people. I don't want us to look like something just so that we can be the in thing in Camden just because it's easy. It's easy. Or it's cool, or it gets butts and seats. I I, I want to. If we're ever going to be known for something like that, I want it to be absolutely one hundred and ten percent God. And if it's two people in the room that are hungry for God, then let Then me and me and one other person, or a group of five of us, or ten. Listen, listen. If we truly want to see, and, and and this is uh, curl your toes, okay? Just curl your toes. You're going to get stepped on a little bit. It's me preaching. We were really hungry for God. And things like first Wednesday would be packed. We call it a prayer and worship gathering. It's like, ooh, gotta go. Why? Because the authentic happens in those moments. I'm not, I'm not ready. It's, it's kind of boring, Pastor Scott. It's it's not as lively as Sunday morning and afterwards, yeah, you don't even give us donuts and coffee on Wednesday night. You give us one little cracker and a juice cup. It's like, what is that? Why why? Because Wednesday nights, our first Wednesdays. Listen, if, if those exploded, I'd do it every Wednesday. I would. But, but I'm listen, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do what everybody in the South wants us to do just because it's what we're told to do. Well, we're supposed to have a... Listen, you know how many times when we first started the church, like, so you're going to have a midweek service and a Sunday morning uh, Bible study before church? I'm like, Good, heck no. I don't want to be here that long. Because if I had a Sunday morning class, and I'd have to get up at like four in the morning. I don't know what I'd time I'd have to... Listen, I don't want you here all day. I love you. If you want to hang out with us? I'm down. I'll come to your house. You can come to ours. I don't care. But I don't want to be here all day. I don't. Unless God says otherwise. And if God starts to move in us and it's like, no, hey, Wednesdays are popping. You know what? Maybe we should do this again next Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be down. But I'm not going to do it just to do it. We're we're not going to be that church. We're not going to be those people. And so... You want to talk about the the parameters of of what it means for a church to really be passionate about revival? Things like prayer gatherings are full. I'll get off my soapbox and end this. (laughs) My last thing about revival being inward is that it renews Christ-likeness. Revival renews Christ-likeness. Colossians 3.10. Put on your new nature and be renewed, revived as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That's blasphemous. No, that's the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you are God, but it says that you can become like Christ. So there's a really bad theology that would take that scripture and say, oh, you become little gods. No, that's stupid. Okay, I'm sorry if that breaks some people's theology and bursts their bubble. You're never going to be a god as much as you think so in your head. But he says that we can be Christ-like. To pursue him and to follow him in a way that I'm not going to allow my own opinions or culture's opinions or anybody else in this world to dictate who I am how I think, how I act, the only person that gets that say is Jesus. You know what happens the more you do that? The more you fall in love with him, the more that you allow him to dictate your thought patterns, your actions, your speech. The world takes notice. You start to get hungry for the things of God that you've never known before. Theology is not for just pastors and Bible study leaders. It's for every person. It's the study of God's word. Praise and worship. Worship is not just for the people that like to do music and sing. It is for every person. You will be really bored in heaven if you think worship is just for Sunday mornings. It's what we will do for eternity. Get to like it now. God may not play your worship song in heaven. You may only sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty for a thousand years, and then he might change the song. It's not for us to dictate what it looks like, but we become passionate about it when it's stirred inside. The Bible talks about the old man and the new man, and the problem is that a lot of us hold on to that old man while trying to be the new man. It is one of the most tiring things we can do as believers. I want to hold on to my old ways because they're comfortable and I know them while asking God to do something new. The battle between the two is so hard because the old ways will constantly try to pull you back from being who God has created you to be. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I've cussed my whole life. Okay. Good for you. Now stop. But it's not that easy. No, no, in your brain, you're saying it's not that easy. No, it's asking you to be perfect. The Bible says, how can, how, can, how can spring water come out of the same fountain as salt water? He calls us salty from the beginning of days. Because he knew that the challenge would be that we want to be our own. Well, everybody else is saying, you know, I've heard, well, what really is a cuss word? Okay, let's, let's go there then. The fact that you have to ask that question shows me the motives of why you say those words well what is really a negative mindset the fact that you asked me that question says you want to be able to say bad things about people when you're mad instead of having a holy mindset and and living life and saying you know what i want to punch in the face but i'm going to pray for them anyways we want the move of god we just want it in our way I, listen i'm before nobody wants to come back next sunday i better stop <laughs> let's start preaching true revival aims for our lives to live more like jesus I want to end with two quotes. One of them's from my dude, A.W. Tozer. It says this, Have you noticed how much... <laughs> Jesus helped me with these quotes. <sighs> have you noticed how much praying for revival has been going on of late? How many, listen, how many times in the church have, we need to pray for revival. Oh, we need to pray for the move of God. Listen, this is A.W. Tozer. He doesn't mince words. And how little revival has resulted... I believe the problem is that we have been trying to substitute praying for obeying and it simply does not work. You can't pray bad habits away. Prayer has to attach with obedience. God, I've been, I've been dealing with addiction and I just want you to magically take it away. And he goes, idiot, put it away. That's how God speaks to me. Maybe not to you. Maybe he's more nicer with you. He's not with me. Calls me names, but I get it. I mean, think about it. Oh, God, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with, with my mindset. And God's like, okay, well, what are you putting in? Well, I like little John and little Wayne and little this and little that and a little bit of Hennessy and a little bit. God's like, well, no wonder what's wrong with you. He's like, you need a little bit of me. We, we, we like prayer because it gets our words out, but God's like obedience. His word says obedience is better than sacrifice. So we're over here like, God, give us your spirit, pour out your rain. We'll even sing like songs like, let it rain, let it rain. And God's over here like, let it go. Right? But it's easier to listen, listen, and, I, and I'm ending, I promise you I am. It's easier. It's easier to pray what sounds good than to actually live out what is good. And if we want revival, if we want the move of God, we have got to stop just praying, and we have to start doing. A.W. Tozer says, man, you could pray, you could pray for a revival all day long, but until obedience matches that prayer, we ain't going to have it. Hungry prayers lead to purposeful obedience. Revival causes the believer to live in effectiveness. We are more mindful of why we live, for who we live, and how we live when we start to obey him. Charisse, I'll say this. If revival simply stirs our emotions but does not change how we live, then all we have done is have a great meeting. Ooh, I felt God today. I mean, couldn't you feel him in your car? Can't you feel him in your living room when you just stop and pause and maybe give him a little bit of your time? Church, there's nothing magical about church other than the gathering of other people like you. Our hearts set aflame. But our goal is to carry that out. Not just put it on our chair, you know. Deanne gets up today and sets her little pretty God box down here and says, I'll be back next week, God. Save my seat whole time, God's going, no, 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 no. Take me with you. You're going to need me. You're going to need me when you, when, when you go to work because somebody's going to yell at you for not making their coffee right. Or that one time this week that you go to Walmart or you get that text message or phone call that shatters your world, you're going to need me. So stop playing church. I mean, if you're hungry for me, get get hungry for me. But don't don't just put me down on here and go, oh, God. He's like, stop whining. How many times have we prayed and prayed and prayed for the same thing? And can I tell you, and listen, I I swear I'm not trying to be mean this morning. Just trying to be real. We have not, because we ask not. That's what the Bible says. But there's a part of that that also says you need to step out of and get into. It's obedience. You struggle with depression, anxiety, and worry, you need to stop sitting in it. It was so hard. Yeah, you know, it is. You don't understand? I I struggle with this addiction, whatever it is alcohol, drugs, pornography, uh, eating, it doesn't matter. Oh, I can complain about it all day long. God, why won't you just take it away? And he's all like, well, then get it out of your life. I can't magically make it happen. Bust your computer if you have to. Lock the refrigerator if you have to. Some of y'all are like, get out of my kitchen. God is not a genie. It's so tiring to watch Christians go, I just don't understand God. And No, no, no. God is ever, ever present, ever real, and ever powerful. But he also gave us free will to attach with him and say, I want to go and run with you, not just hope that you just do it. Rub the lamp and God make me better. No. Do you trust me enough to stop doing the things that keep drawing you back down to those feelings or to those hurts or those addictions? Your words mean nothing if your life doesn't line up. Charles Finney says this, a revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. And we make it a whole lot of other things. Oh, it's gotta be showy. You know what I love about Asbury right now? It's not showy. It looks just like a long church service. It's all it is. move of God is happening. There's been some healings. There's, there's been some things. I watched a video of a, of a, uh, of a demonic person uh, uh, being cast out. But you know, what's crazy and all of that. It wasn't the show. It wasn't everybody looking at her like, come on. People are worshiping, have no clue what's going on behind them. They're like, Jesus. And this lady's over here has a couple people praying for her. Come out we stop making it about the show and we start making it about Jesus, we're going to see revival. When we start making it about rubbing the lamp and genie God comes out and heals me, no, no, no. I'm going to put my foot forward. I'm going to do what I can do in the natural so that God can do what only he can do in the supernatural. Because I may never, ever be able to get rid of my addictions, but I know that if I do my part, he's going to take it away. It may not be today. It may not be a week from now, maybe a month from now. You may struggle with it your whole life, but being close to God keeps you from doing it. Revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience. You close your eyes with me. Just preaching this message has made me more, more determined for God to move in our church. Scratch that more determined for God to move in your life individually. Because I can't wait to hear more and more stories of, you know, I got close, close to God and this happened. See, see, the miracle doesn't have to happen on a Sunday morning, people. The miracle can happen tonight when the enemy tells you to go back to the things that you've always done because it's what you've always done. And the God in you says a revival stirring in your heart. It's time for new obedience. It's when those words well up that you want to say that you've said all the time. The enemy says, go ahead and say it. You know, you're going to feel good. But God says a revival stirring. New obedience is happening, so don't say it. Revival starts when you sacrifice a little time, six hours just waiting to get in the room. What if you sacrificed one show to get close to God's word? Sacrifice, obedience, revival. Maybe you're walking through something today as we end. Maybe I've hit the nail on the head. You've been praying for something. You've been praying for something. You've been praying for something. You've been praying for God to answer. You've been praying for God's healing. You've been praying for God's uh, whatever, hand to remove stuff. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hand. I don't care if everybody's eyes could be open. Revival doesn't start when everybody's eyes are closed. You're dealing with something and you want God to speak to it. And this message has, has hit the nail, the, the hammer on the nail for you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Amen, 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 amen. Now here's the thing, I'm gonna pray. But it's your job to do. I want you to go home and I want you to think, man, that thing that I raised my hand for, what, do, what action steps do I need to do to get closer to Jesus so that he can heal those moments? And take away those hurts. And take away those addictions. For some of you, maybe it's going and emptying your fridge. Maybe it's putting a lock on your computer. Maybe it's moving the computer screen to a public area. Maybe it's getting an accountability partner to say, Hey, when I'm feeling down, I'm going to call you or text you. And I, I just need you to respond. It doesn't have to say. Maybe it's just, I love you. God cares for you got to create some action steps. Maybe you need to get out with our walking life group today. Get around some people that love people and love God and, and, and are willing just to, just to walk a mile with you or a half mile, whatever they're doing. So God, you know what people are dealing with. You know why people raise their hand. And so God, I pray that you meet them where they're at. But God, I also pray that you would encourage them and give them the thoughts of the things that they need to do. God, speak to their life of the obedient steps so that they can see revival in their life. Revival starts from within. So God, we're asking for an obedient heart to follow you. We're asking for a hungry heart to follow you. And so God, if it's anxiety, God, I pray that they would put something inside of them that would say every morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read scriptures that speak the truth of God into my spirit so that I don't buy the lie of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, depression has to flee. And worry has to go. it's not that those circumstances aren't going to be there but the God of all the universe that spoke this world into existence is speaking over you and he's saying you don't have to sit there stop buying the lies of the enemy start speaking to his existence in your life it's work sometimes it's hard but I pray that you would encourage them to keep going put the things that are hurting them down to pick up the things that will bring them life get around people that will encourage them and lift them up it starts from within but Jesus we would stir the passion from within speak to us today that God when we leave this place we leave to live Christ like Our goal is to be close to you on our Mondays and our Wednesdays as much as we want it on our Sundays. Nothing else. So God, we, we give you all of us. We know we're going to have messy days, but God, we know that you are there and we will go back to the cross and we will say, God, I'm so sorry. And you will pick us up and you'll cleanse us and you'll wipe us us off of all of our mud and mess and and junk and sin. And you will say, now it's time to go and, and, and be obedient and live the life you've been called to again. Jesus, have your way. That much will come of an obedient believer. I love you. We love you. God, we give our lives to you, submitted to your will that we may go make much of you in the world that we live in. God, we pray for those that give faithfully to the church. God, as we see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, I thank you for them. Bless them. that We may continue to do what we do as a church because of those that are financially faithful to the house. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you.